I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week we'll outline a new short film. And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By. Welcome to Written By, the number one podcast in the world. Rip on all these ones. I'm Robert. And I'm Chase. Welcome, welcome back to Written By. It's Rival Pitches Week, yep. which is always a good time. Yeah. Robert, explain the Rival Pitches for this week, because it's a <laughs> bit more complicated. Yes, we have a, a very special Rival Pitches this week, because... Normally, we might do like a, let's do a time period, let's do a franchise, let's do a genre of movie, but we're going a little different this week, because our films are going to be based on a Twitter thread that I saw <laughs> once. This thread blew up on Screen Ready Twitter, and let me just read you the initial tweet that yes. set all this off. Yes, 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 yes. This is from at George Poynton underscore he said i asked a group of six-year-olds to pitch me a new film idea move over hollywood and what proceeds is a thread of about 10 different six-year-olds each with their own pitch for a movie and surprisingly they're all bangers yes a lot of these are really good except for that there was one where it's like uh, spider-man but i play spider-man yeah so let me let me read you a few of these we'll post the whole thread (laughs) on our instagram but let me read you a few of them just to get you caught up with like what we're dealing with this first (laughs) one it's from rory it's called burger monster genre (laughs) fighting A burger realizes that if he eats other burgers, he becomes bigger. Eventually, he becomes so big, he tries to destroy the world which created him. Rory will play the burger, and that's non-negotiable. Fast-paced, fattening, and fun. Amen. We got JJ, World War 100, genre, space war, 4070. (laughs) Earth as we know it has gone. Different planets are fighting over control of the galaxy. Earth, now a tiny rock called Small Earth, is trying to recruit an army to defend the legacy of humanity. Blade Runner meets Star Wars. And then, uh, <laughs> not all these are, are bangers. We have a Mikey, Spider-Man, genre, <laughs> I am Spider-Man. Mikey gets bitten by a spider and wakes up with spider powers. I'm not sure he understood the assignment. He's basically remaking Spider-Man, but casts himself as the hero. He said he wants to fight the green one. He will also direct. <laughs> yeah, the uh, he will also fight the green one <laughs> is really funny. Uh, we got a bell with Frozen 3 genre. Funny. Elsa and Anna are back in time. But this time on holiday, in this meta comedy, Elsa and Anna are going to Disneyland. They meet all their favorite characters, but along the way meet themselves. A film about taking the time to find yourself, sometimes in reality. That's a, that's pretty deep for a six-year-old. Honestly, yeah, yeah. They we should have her on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, each child they have a title, they have a genre, and a sort little synopsis, and we're each yeah. gonna pick one, flesh it out into our own pitch. I like a Lola here. Her her movie is called Lola buys a car, and the genre is just myself. <laughs> it's a movie about her. Yeah, super fun premise, and a lot of like big filmmakers like commented on the thread like yeah one of the uh the lego movie guys yeah, the lord did they were like i, I i'm putting all of these into development <laughs> yeah a bunch of people also photoshop posters there's a there's a great burger monster poster oh really i didn't see those we need to put some of those on the instagram uh, yeah. uh there's a great spider-man one but when he said he's gonna fight the green one in the poster <laughs> they have master chief instead of free god <laughs> That's really funny. Alright, what 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 do you have? Alright, would you like to try to guess? 
from okay. the list okay. on which one I did. Because so. I knew which one you were doing, so that way we didn't do the same one. But I never said which one I was doing. Okay. So, <laughs> before you said you thought the Disney Channel would pick this up. Now, if I was going <laughs> to guess without any knowledge, yeah. I think you would make a pretty great Burger Monster movie. Okay. But if I'm thinking Disney Channel, Skateboard Wheels sounds yeah, like a Disney movie. <laughs> I did Skateboard Wheels. Hey, okay. Do you, do you have the... Should I read the... the... Yeah, here. I can read it. I can okay. read it. Um, this is by Jack. Uh-huh. Skateboard Wheels. Genre, Skateboard. <laughs> A down-on-their-luck amateur skateboarder gets a new set of wheels. However, these aren't any wheels. They're magic. <laughs> they help him become the greatest skating superstar ever. But is it worth it? Basically like Mike with skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed you reading that inner child's voice. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I really got in touch with my inner child for this film. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so I did skateboard wheels, and as usual, I my pitch is pretty much I start with the opening scene, except this week I got a little carried away, and I wrote most of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. I skip around a bit, but you'll get the basic idea. All right, so we open with a scrawny white guy in an oversized black T-shirt, skinny jeans. He's skateboarding down the street. His name is Big Aaron. <laughs> Except it's big A I R, big air in. There's a pop punk artist named Lil Aaron, so I like that there's also a big Aaron now. <laughs> and he's a skating superstar. So big air. Lil Aaron could do the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. He really could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I need some hype music for yeah. parts of this movie. <laughs> so uh, big air is kind of what he's known in the skating world. Oh, that's good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, we see him skating down the street. He's kick-flipping over fire hydrants. He's grinding in some guardrails. Following close behind him on his own skateboard is a short, chubby teenager holding a camera. He's filming everything. He, he In the skateboard world, there's a lot of like videoing for skate videos and, and the magazines and stuff. And when, so, I, when I did high school film classes, half of them were just people that made skate videos. Skate, yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember that was such a big thing back then. Yeah. But um, and it's funny because those are the people that are actually like successful now. <laughs> but hey, dude, I I tell you what, like if I didn't want to be an actor, I think I would put all of my energy in being a skateboarder. Yeah. Skateboarders are so cool. They are. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our our chubby teenager holding a camera, filming everything. He's wearing a Thrasher T-shirt, but it's a little too small for him. His name is Jack Jack. Uh, I named him after the kid who wrote this Jack. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Jack-Jack. Uh, big air, he's picking up speed as he's headed down this hill. The two of them are going faster and faster and faster as they get down this hill. And they're headed straight for this huge staircase. I'm talking, like, the front of, like, the Washington big, I don't know, like, you know, just a big staircase, like, from the Rocky movie or something. Huge. They're headed for this huge staircase, and this huge staircase is known as the Death Case. Because uh, a few professional skateboarders have died trying to jump this giant scare, uh, oh. staircase. Like it's a, it's the the gnarliest jump you can yeah. do as a skateboarder, and they're headed full speed for it. As we get closer to the staircase, we see tons of people are waiting at the bottom. They they all got skateboards and they're wearing skate shirts and they're all shouting and yelling. They're like, "Big Air, <laughs> yeah!" And just as Big Air gets to the staircase, Jack Jack starts wobbling on his board, and he loses his balance, goes flying off his skateboard. He slams onto the ground. His camera hits the concrete so hard that it shatters. The SD card goes flying out of the camera into the sewer, oh, like man. down the little like sewer drain. Yeah. And while that's happening, Big Air does the jump. And at like peak height, he's posing, and it's beautiful. And all of the people watching are in awe. And you see, like, the flashing of a camera. And he lands hard, but perfectly. And everyone loses their minds. He is the, one of the first skaters to actually complete this jump. And he looks up, and there's another skater dude. He's holding, a, like, a camera. And he's like, I got the pictures, man. It's going to look great on the cover. 
and the and the guy's wearing a Thrasher T-shirt. It's like, oh, this guy's this is a photographer with Thrasher magazine, which is the biggest skate magazine. And Big Air has this giant grin on his face like this is the biggest moment of his life. And he looks up at the top of the staircase and Jack-Jack is standing there and he's bleeding and he's busted up and he's bruised up. And he's holding his broken camera and Big Air looks at him and Jack-Jack just shakes his head and, and he just looks devastated. And Big Air is just, he just erupts. And he, he flies up the stairs and he grabs Jack-Jack by the front of the shirt. And, he, and he's like, what happened? And he's like, I, I fell. I didn't. And he's like, I, everyone told me not to trust you, man. He's like, I felt bad for you because I knew that you're not a good skater. But you wanted to just be involved. I wanted you to be involved. And this is, how, this is what you do to me? All you had to do is follow me on a skateboard. You didn't have to do anything. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I. And he's like, this was my chance. He said, Thrasher will only put my jump on the cover of the magazine if I have the footage to prove that I actually did it. And I can't do that jump again, man. He's like, oh, I'll make it up to you. And he's like, no. You suck at skating. You suck at shooting. Just go and find a different hobby. Poor kid. Yeah, bro. I, I'm really getting into this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. And, and Big Air throws his skateboard down. And this is a thing that I've seen that skateboarders do when they get really mad. Is they throw their skateboard down and they stomp on the middle to snap it. Yeah, like that vine. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and so he snaps the skateboard in half and he's just furious. Because skateboarders have like really bad tempers, I've noticed. Yeah. Like in, because in, I, I used to be a skater back in the day. Um, and so Jack-Jack just walks away and, and he's carrying his board and. He's got tears running down his face a little bit because, I mean, you know, he just wanted to be involved and, yeah. and wow, you know. And so title card. Uh, what is this called again? <laughs> this is called Skateboard Wheels, <laughs> which I'm changing the name because I don't even actually care about the wheels. Uh, okay. okay, but uh, it's Skateboard Wheels because <laughs> that's what Jack said. So after the title card, he's in his room, and he's flipping through a skate magazine. His music is blasting, and there's a knock on the door, and it's just like, uh, and it's his mom. Are you still upset? And, and and they basically have a conversation talking about what happened, and, and, and she's like, well, you're so good at school. You're so smart. Why don't you just focus on school? Your grades have been slipping because of this skateboard thing, and, and why don't you just, you can focus on school, you can go to college, you can get a good job, and, and he's like, no, I don't want to do that, I want to be a skater, and so uh, he's he's on his way to school the next day, and, and he, he rides his skateboard to school every morning, and he's passing by the skate park, uh, and he goes to ride in, and, and a few of the skaters stop him, and, and in particular, uh, Big Air's kind of like best friend. Uh, I don't really have a name for the character. I'll just call him like uh, Stevie. I'll call him Steve. Steve-O. I'm calling him Steve-O. Yes. <laughs> and and Steve-O stops him and he's like, you ruined Big Air's chance at going pro. Like, this is all your fault. And, and now, uh, and, and he says, you know, and, and now because of you, uh, he's got to jump the death case again. And, and, and you know, uh, Jack... Jack Jack's like, oh man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I just and, and he kind of pushes him. He's like, get out of here, man. You're not a, you're not welcome here. So Jack Jack just kind of rides the rest of the way to school. And uh, as he's going through the school day, we kind of like we, we're seeing him in his classes, and it's like he's getting handed back all these F's and D's. And it's like it's obvious that he's smart, but he's not even filling out half of the assignments. Like, he's not even finishing the test. He's doing, like, one problem and then just turning it in. Because he doesn't care. He doesn't want to do school. He wants to be a skateboarder. Um, school lets out, and, you know, like he's watching the clock, and finally the bell rings, and he's out. He's riding a skateboard out of the school. Uh, and, he, and he starts heading home, and, and he's putting his uh, headphones in, and an ambulance flies by him in the other direction. He looks back, he's like, oh, that's weird. And he goes home. Um, and, and he's almost home, and then he just hears a bunch of wheels behind him. And he turns around, and there's just a group of skaters led by Steve-O, and they just, they ram right into him. They push him to the ground off the board, and they start kicking him a little bit. And, and Steve-O grabs him by the front of the shirt, and they tell him that Big Air just tried to jump the staircase again oh, no. and died. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, no. And they kick him around and they're slapping him around and they're like, you killed Big Air. This is your fault. If you hadn't have messed up the simplest thing in the world of just riding a skateboard, Big Air would still be alive. And, and they take his skateboard and they snap it in half and they fling it into this alley. And Jack-Jack walks home just, just sobbing. And because he blames himself just as much as everybody else has just blamed him because it's true, you know. If he hadn't messed it up, <laughs> Big Air wouldn't have had to jump it again. You're like, this kid feels so guilty. And he should. <laughs> and he should. No. <laughs> when I was writing this, I really was like, he deserves it, kind of. I, I, I would have done the same, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he gets home. And his mom's waiting for him. She's already heard about what happened. And she just, she grabs him and he's sobbing into her arms. And we kind of fade out. And and when we fade back in, Jack-Jack's in school. And, and we see, you know, he's getting better grades. He's not been skateboarding. Uh, he's completely shut down, though. And he's super depressed. Uh, he's tossed out all of his skating posters, all of the magazines, all of the gear, uh, and his and, her, and his mom is watching her son, like just uh, fall more and more into this depression and loneliness, and um, he like he just every night he eats his dinner in silence, and then he goes back to his room and he just like sits there, like he doesn't watch TV or anything, he just sits there, and, and he doesn't have any friends anymore because all of his friends were at the skate park, but now he doesn't want to go there like he's quit skating because of everything that's happened and and his grades are better but at what cost you know he's not even really a person anymore and and so one night at dinner his mom pulls out a flyer this is a few weeks after uh and it's a it's a flyer and it's the big it says thrasher at the top and it says big air memorial skate competition and it's happening in the city it's a professional skating competition uh, to kind of help support the local skate scene that Big Air was a part of because it became, you know, national news when he died doing this jump. And so all skateboarders are really like, it's a big community. And so they're like, we're going to do this. And and the mom's like, well, here, you should go. You should go do this. And he's like, I don't skate anymore, mom. And even if I did, I'm not good enough to win a pro competition. And she's like, it's, it's not about being good. And it's not about winning. It's about your friend, Aaron. And um, he's like, whatever. And so we see Jack-Jack walking to school one morning. And he, he looks over and he sees the death case. Um, and there's a skater full speed down this hill headed straight for the death case. And he freaks out. And he's like, no, don't. And he takes off. And he's, and he's trying to stop this skater from doing the death case. And uh, he, just, he just watches him go over the edge. And when he gets to the edge of the staircase, he looks down. And the guy's gone. And there's just a skateboard laying there at the bottom, just kind of like rattling back and forth. Uh, and he walks down and looks around. He's like, hey, hello? And there's nobody around. And it's an open area. And there's nowhere to hide. And, and he picks up the skateboard. And the skateboard is really cool looking. And it's like gold. And it's got this cool logo in the middle. And he's like, oh, cool. He's like, it's a cool skateboard. Okay. And he's like, it beats walking. So he's like, I guess I'll ride this to school. And the second his feet touch the skateboard, the logo on the bottom lights up. And his feet kind of grip the board differently. And he just feels energized. And on his way to school, he starts doing tricks that he could never do. Like, he could barely just ride a skateboard. And now he's kickflipping and, and ollies and uh, just uh, hopping the, the rails to school. And he gets to school and he realizes like oh my gosh and he just keeps going he doesn't go to school he goes right past the school and, and he goes to the skate park and he's just tearing it up and all the college skaters are there because high school is in so most of the skaters are in school or, or the ones that skip class are there and they're watching they're like yo is that Jack Jack when did Jack Jack do that and, and Jack Jack realizes like this board is giving him magic abilities and now he's like the greatest skater in the world um <clears throat> and so uh, I jump around a little bit here. So he decides to enter the competition, uh, and he starts winning all the events. He's everybody's 
going crazy for Jack Jack. Like brands are trying to sponsor him. Everyone is talking about how great he is. Um, and and he starts getting a big head. Like he starts real. Like he's loving all this attention because all he's ever wanted in life is to be this great skateboarder, and now he is, and he's winning all these competitions at this giant skate competition and people are loving him and, and thrasher is filming him and taking these pictures and and what was supposed to be a memorial for big air has just become about jack jack and it gets to the point where jack jack is uh there's the last competition and if he wins it he wins the big trophy because he won the whole thing and he, he basically says, like, if I win, I'm going to celebrate by jumping the death case. And everybody loses their mind. They're like, oh! Everybody is 100% in on the Jack-Jack hype train. And the final competition, Jack-Jack wins it. Everyone's going crazy. And uh, as they're handing him the trophy, on a big screen, they're playing like a memorial video for Big Air. But no one's paying attention and because they're all like, let's go. We got to Jack. Jack's going to jump the death case. Let's go. Let's go. And everybody's leaving. And so Steve-O is watching everyone not even pay attention to one of his best friends. Memorial video. And, and he's just furious. And so he goes over and Jack Jack's like, you know, take signing autographs or whatever. And he's left his board and his bag over on the side and and so Steve O just walks over and just snaps the board, the magic board. And Jack Jack freaks out and he's like, Whoa, no, what are you doing? No. And uh they, they have this this is like a very emotional scene. It's an important scene where he's like, What are you doing? And he's like, This is how you celebrate Aaron. He's like, This is how you're trying to honor his legacy by overshadowing it. And he's like, Don't forget why Big Air is dead in the first place, man. And he looks down at the snap board and, and he's like, you know what? Maybe I just did you a favor. Maybe I saved your life. Talking about jumping yeah. the death case. And, and Jack Jack starts realizing what he's done. Mm -hmm. You know, because even though Big Air blew up on him, you know, in the movie you see like it was a situation where he's not a good skateboarder. No one really wanted to. So he tried becoming like a videographer for skate videos because that maybe that's how he could be included. And no one was giving him a chance. But then Big Air was like trying to help him be included in this big moment for Thrasher. Like his video would be in a Thrasher video, you know. And now he feels really guilty because he's like this one guy who gave me a chance. And I've totally overshadowed what was supposed to be his posthumous yeah. moment. So everybody's at the stair at the death case, and, and the, there's a giant uh, crowd, and there's all kind of photographers and videographers, and Jack Jack is just looking at the staircase now, and he's back far enough for him to do the jump, and he doesn't have his board; he just has this raggedy board that he borrowed from someone, and he's just staring um, at the staircase, and and he realizes like this is it and he hops on the board and he starts headed down the hill and he's going faster and faster and he starts getting wobbly just like before but just as he's about to get to the top of the staircase he stops boom he slaps the back of the skateboard and he stops and everybody gasps it's like <gasps> and he raises the board in the air and he gives a big monologue that i didn't write <laughs> that talks nice. about how it doesn't matter if you're good it doesn't matter about winning it's about his friend aaron and it's about the community that skateboarding provides and how it makes him feel and how it it gives him a reason to to be a person and big air was the took a chance on him when no one else would and and he let him down and he, and he says I won't let him down again and that's yeah. skateboard wheels nice <laughs> what dude that's a man that's solid I told you. I like you. that a lot, man. I told you Disney Channel would eat that up. I was, yeah, dude. Honestly, you could, you could write this. Like I if know. You were, if you were gonna like, you know, send something over to Disney, Nickelodeon, whatever. Yeah, dude. I, I was after I wrote this. I was like, it's a little cheesy. Uh huh. But man, I'm proud of it. <laughs> man, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think you got. 
you got a strong beginning. Yeah. You got a you got a strong <laughs> end. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, if you were gonna like do this more, I think you would need some like additional obstacles just kinda in the middle. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, you know, he gets the magic board, he starts winning competitions, and then there's the climax with the Aaron thing. Yeah. I think you would just wanna like flesh it out more to where it's like maybe Maybe it's a process of he has a magic board, but working up the courage working to appear up, yeah. in public. And then, like, maybe there's obstacles with him figuring out the magic board. And, like, there's yeah. a there's like one midpoint set piece competition where all of a sudden, it, yeah, like know, a local competition or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And I, I also thought maybe I maybe I need to add like a best friend character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I probably need to add a few more characters. Yeah. And Although stuff. him being a loner kind of works. Like, I kind of see Steve-O as, like, filling that role, but except it's more of, like, it, it's a little bit antagonistic. It's yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think I think they're good characters. I think there's a really great theme, and, yeah, everything's working for it. I think if you, if you just flesh sat down and flesh, more of flesh the... it out more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy hey. that. I, I got to give it all thanks to this six-year-old named yep. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it a bean. I, uh... Didn't have as much time to prepare on this as I as I usually do, but you know what? I I believe in my idea. I believe in the, the child. The child idea. I'm going with, yeah. yeah, had a very great, very great log line. I think I could expand it a little, add some life in it, add some of my adult experience in this, and <laughs> you know, compete in this competition. Heck yeah! I'm looking at the I'm looking at the uh, movie posters now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen these. Uh, I also did really like the uh, Susanna's a cat, a dog. The yeah. genre is animal people. Evolution taught them to be enemies, but they have to, they end up working at the same bank. <laughs> Which is, again, really smart for a six-year-old. All right, so which yeah. one did you pick? So this one in the replies kept on cropping up as a favorite. And I think for good reason. This is surprisingly insightful of an idea to be, you know, conceived by a six-year-old. But uh, Ravi's idea, it's called a money cannon. <laughs> the genre is money. <laughs> money cannon. And I'll, I'll read you what he wrote. A crazed trillionaire builds a cannon and fires all his money in the air. What seems like a gesture of goodwill ultimately leads to chaos, greed, and destruction, holding a mirror to humanity and the state of society. Oscar Buzz <laughs> has become. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a pitch for Money Cannon. I think I think this really should be a film. I think reading all these, there are some great ideas, but this is the one where I'm like this. This is like Adam McKay, yeah. Bong Joon Ho. I feel like this could be a good, like, modern political satire. Not as many mm. political satires are, like, being made as there used to be. It, it was kind of weird because Don't Look Up came out a while ago, and yeah. it got, like, a lot of, like, negative attention. Reviews, which, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was kind of strange. I I think people nowadays aren't used to, like, as, like, silly and not subtle as like that movie is, but they used yeah. to make a lot of movies like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I think this movie could kind of achieve the tone of a "Don't Look Up," but mm. appeal more so to today's audience than that sort of movie did. Yeah, because I do I do think this like naturally lends itself to like a parasite squid game type. We live in a experience. society. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but. So I'm picturing that like our main character for this is going to be someone that has fallen on hard times and like just a little bit of money would be life changing for them. So our main character, we'll call him like Willie or something. Willie. Yeah. So Willie, his dad used to work for a big company in a big building downtown. Mm -hmm. He basically co-founded this company, brought it from the ground up, but he was screwed over by his business partner ah, who is man. now the richest person in town. Ah, dang. Their family lost a lot of money. They had to move to a smaller home, kind of in the hood, and this the stress 
like weighed so heavy on his father that he committed suicide. And oh, so we're getting dark. Yeah. So now this dude, he's not in school. He's supporting his mother who oh, can't support herself. And he works he works at a business that like makes and delivers the uh, the inflatables that they have at parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's his gig. He drives the truck around and blows up all the inflatables. <laughs> That's worse than like a pool boy. Yeah. And his dad <laughs> always told him that from from the moment he was a child, whenever they would go into downtown past that big building, one day that building's gonna be yours. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now he's here. Dang. He's blowing up the inflatables and <laughs> the dude that screwed him over is now the richest person in the town and he's buying up like all of the downtown, oh, renting it out. Just like making Monopoly. money. Yeah, he's basically gentrifying the entire place. But uh, at the beginning, we're also we're intercutting with uh, with this trillionaire character who he is really old. He's on the verge of death and people are starting to notice some weird moves from the sky. Can he be played by Christopher Lloyd? Yes. Okay, thank you. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he honestly, he would be a, a Christopher Plummer if he was still with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That that dude was, was great. Yeah. But yeah, so people are noticing some weird behavior from this dude. He's a, he's selling all his stocks and <laughs> he's starting to like cash out and take a lot of money out of banks and no one really knows what he's doing, but I mean, it's all <laughs> legal. So they're just... You know, the stock market is kind of like that's the real reason people are paying attention because him like selling his shares is like affecting the market or whatever. So people are trying to theorize why this is. So anyway, you see footage of him. He basically Yeah <laughs> showed a picture <laughs> of Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Helping me visualize yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we see footage of him and he's boarding a private jet. And he's looking really bad. He's basically just like in a wheelchair hooked up to oxygen. Uh. But he gets in this private jet. It's got like an internet and TV and everything. And it flies really high. And it's like circling the small town. And he's just looking at the monitor. Then looking out the window. He's like, it's time. Do it. And then we see a giant freaking cannon. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Giant blast. And... People are looking up at the sky. It's like, what is that? It's just like completely dark. And then little like holes in the darkness appear. It looks like a storm cloud at first. It's just like appeared out of nowhere. But then holes start to appear. And then we see that like stuff is fluttering. It's like, that's money. Heck yeah. (laughs) And so the news is like, can't believe it. Uh, An estimated $1 trillion is currently... fluttering in the sky oh, right above this small town and i i looked it up for reference and i think half a million dollars laid out like one after another is enough to cover a football stadium so one trillion dollars like individual dollars pure cash like probably would like cover a whole, whole city, whole city. Yeah. yeah now on the day of this uh, Willie, he's setting up for the county fair, and so he's got all the inflatables. It's a really big job. It's like an all hands on deck thing, and so he's got the big truck and he's setting everything up. He's in the process of blowing up the the giant slide that the kids are gonna slide yeah. down when the blast goes off, and of course there's some time before the money starts to flutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's kind of seen the news and he has an idea. And so he uh, he takes the slide that's blown up and he kind of pushes it right right in front of, you know, the mouth of the truck. And so with the money falls, also, he's a he's kind of the fair is taking place, like kind of at the top of a hill. It's kind of in like a little mountainous range. So okay. he's like he, he's he is also higher first... up than most of the city. So, yeah, he's the yeah. first person there. And he's got the best means of carrying the money because as soon as the money falls, it goes down the slide into into the the truck. truck. Okay. And so basically he has an entire truck full of money and he's gotten it before it's really landed on the whole town. Right. 
And so he just books it out of town. He's like, oh, I got to go. And so he's just driving, he's driving, and he's seeing that like police are already starting to arrive at the perimeter because they're anticipating some stuff it's to go down. Stuff, yeah. But he manages to get out in time because he's early enough. And so he goes like a state over, locks the uh, the truck up in a parking lot, goes in a hotel room, turns on the TV, and he just sees absolute mayhem oh, <laughs> going man. on in his hotel. Are people killing each other over this money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a he's got a best friend and his mother that are both still in the town, ah. and <laughs> so. As the money starts to flutter, people are like, whoa, what is this? Ha, ha, ha. They start picking up the money. It's like, whoa, I got some money. It's like, I got some money. <laughs> and then <laughs> everyone's seeing all the money, and they're all looking at each other. And then it just takes one person to be like, give me that. Just like the uh, yeah. <laughs> the Tim Robinson's going, give me that. He's like, no. And then he like, hit somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, everybody's hitting each other, and it's chaos. And... Willie is watching all this from the hotel TV, but his friends are still in there. He calls his mom and he's like, oh, it's mayhem. It's chaos. You got to I got to get out of here. But uh, there are cops surrounding the perimeter. The National Guard is being called mm -hmm. in because this is a big deal and it's escalating really quickly. So Willie's like, OK, I got to go back in there. I got to get my friends out. My friend and my mom out. But he's a, he's got all this money now. And so he basically he spends the money on getting somebody to sneak him back into the city. Mm. And he basically he spends the money getting like, you know, one of those like kind of rover tank hybrid things that Kanye has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, something to like protect himself. And he also buys like a bunch of guns and stuff. Oh, snap. And so, yeah, the, the main meat of the story is him going back into the town, which has descended into, like, a Mad Max-style hellscape. <laughs> and he's trying to pull his friends and his mom out. Oh, snap. Now, basically what's going down in this town is, first of all, it was the day of the city fair, and so everyone was getting prepared for that. And so that... That already gives us, like, there are a bunch of people running around in, like, cloud makeup and everything. Oh, from the, no. The event. This is happening just a few hours after. The, <laughs> <laughs> the but, yeah, maybe Willie has, like, a neighbor or something that was, like, a Vietnam vet. And he was <laughs> just really old and grumpy. And now he's, like, leading a resistance. <laughs> so much ago, it's like, war! I'm good at this. <laughs> oh, that's really good stuff. But there, there are basically two factions in this town. So... The really rich person that screwed over his dad and now owns like almost all the land in this town. He and a bunch of other rich people in the town, they've invested all their resources into essentially like paying off cops to work for them. Yeah. And buying up snow plows and vehicles and stuff that they could like move the money with. Yeah. A big thing, I watched like a. I forget if it's Variety or GQ that like sits down experts and have them yeah. talk about their field. But there was a bank robber who was talking about how cash is really hard to like steal and get out of a bank because people don't realize that the weight of money like adds up really quickly. And so like it, it you know, if you want to like get a lot of money that's just fallen on the ground, you actually do need like a lot of strategy and resources to, to like actually move that money. Right. Like and an inflatable slide. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the rich people are doing that, trying to get the money. And like the thought process behind that is they own land and they own low medium income housing. They aren't gonna make a lot of money if everyone in the town is rich. And right. you know, just on top of wanting to also get the cash that's lying right. around. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then you have the people that, you know, live around Willie that are more working class or whatever, and Willie goes in and he's like studded out this tank and everything. It's like, Willie, you you got a bunch of money. It's like, yeah, I made I made it out with a bunch of money. Don't <laughs> tell anyone, but I did. He's like, You could you could save us, man. They're everyone's killing everyone but we really need this money and essentially what this film is getting at is 
you know, Willie thinks that this giant money falling from the sky is like a lifesaver for people like him and his friends that like just a little bit of money means the world of a difference for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're somebody that doesn't have a lot of money and you get sick, that could ruin you financially. Yeah. If you know, you have a dream to be a singer, but you need to pay rent every month. Yeah. That dream's not gonna happen. Uh if you need to support a family member who's going through a hard time, thousand dollars can mean a lot. If you didn't get a good college education or whatever, you know, there are various reasons. And Willie thinks that like the money falling out of the sky is gonna revolutionize things for all these people. Yeah. But what ends up happening is things don't really change and the rich people like Just still yeah. manage to like use their riches to Man. get more riches. Man. But he thinks that since he lucked out and like made some money that he could change things a little and things will be different now that he has money. But as the film goes on, all these people are like, Hey, could I get some money from you? He's like, yeah, I might. He's like, can I get some money from you? And it's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but in the back of his head, he's got his eyes set on that building yeah. where his dad used to work. Said one day would be his. He's like, that building could be mine now, but not if I'm giving away all my money. And so <laughs> he starts to hoard it, and that starts to like cause drama within his faction and the other faction is like closely did and you'd have like a few like kind of action set pieces too yeah. i want one really good car chase where like they're chasing after a truck full of money yeah just the side note there's a have you ever seen the movie hurricane heist i have not it is one of my favorite bad movies it's a really <laughs> entertaining watch for one scene only that like sticks in my mind is a they're robbing a bank during a hurricane and they filled up two giant trucks full of money. Okay. They're driving away, trying to like escape the hurricane. Mm. And the hurricane is like catching up with the trucks. Oh, it's snap. like right behind them. So they're like racing the hurricane. And at some point the heroes managed to quarter one of the trucks of money so that the edge of the hurricane takes the truck bed, lifts it up in the sky. And then what happens one of the best villain deaths of all time. The villain who is in the truck that the bed is just detached from. He looks behind, sees the truck flying in the air. He's like, no, my money. And then the, the <laughs> truck bed literally does a 180, falls down and crushes him. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going, for, I'm going for a similar moment in my okay. car chase. Okay. I, want, I want them to be chasing a truck full of money and somehow somebody is crushed by their own money. By their own money. Yeah, it's solid. Yes. Irony. Yes. Because that, that, that one, like, five minute scene in Hurricane Heist. Just pure cinema. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the end, uh, the President of the United States sends in the National Guard to calm things down in the city because it's descended to chaos. And of course, cops aren't like paid enough to like really enforce anything. They're just working for the highest bidder at this point. So the army's coming in. And the army is basically just, like, taking down anybody that has any sort of money. They aren't waiting to see, like, I don't know, how you, you know, did you get it legally or not? Oh, because yeah. they're just assuming that everything's violent. And so, Willie, nobody knows that he has a bunch of money in his truck out of state. <laughs> and so, he sneaks out of the town as the National Guard are coming and he's trying to sneak out with just the people close to him. Yeah. He's left a bunch of people in this faction or whatever. He's like just trying to escape with his friends. He's done trying to like protect and revolutionize things for everything and now it's just the people close to him. Right. But then as the National Guard is closing in, uh, they almost catch him and his best friend like kind of trips or something and then he has a moment where he's like, oh no, I could escape now or I could help my friend and maybe not escape. And then he chooses to leave his best friend for the money. Dang. (laughs) Yeah. And so 
that's like that's like the climax and at the end of the movie basically what has happened is things have calmed over in the town it's like a year later there's like maybe like a monument or a plaque or something in honor of all the people that died at the great money cannon thing or whatever oh yeah and i there's still like some money like that rolls in the wind on the street like a couple dollar bills that still yeah yeah, yeah. exactly every once in a while you're just like casually drinking coffee at like a dollar, dollar bill, bill. Like, yeah but when willie goes back willie is now a rich person living on the nice side of town mm-hmm. and he walks downtown and he walks into the building that's now his own but he's there all alone and then he looks around outside and you see every building every other building is still owned by the same guy outside looks exactly the same it's the same people same businesses or whatever he thought right. he was gonna like help all the poor people get into this town have a good life but essentially what's happened is all the people that were in power originally are still in power He's the only new face, and he's literally left behind everyone else to get to this place. Mm. So, yeah, essentially, money cannon. A satire about how one person gained a lot of money doesn't really change anything. Money could corrupt. All that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And also, you know, he thought that, like, he deserved the money. He deserved his dreams because he was there at the right place at the right time but yeah. yeah yeah i don't know a lot of stuff yeah i think that's really solid money cannon money cannon and then at some point i want like some closure with the the billionaire i think you find out at some point that like he was just doing it to like screw someone over or something right before he died down oh yeah that would be fun <laughs> yeah or uh maybe i feel like there needs to be a kind of like better payoff to the relationship with the bad guy like the bad billionaire yeah i think i think at some point he when people are like in his faction are asking him for a bunch of money i think he like has a secret meeting with that dude and they decide to work together something like oh, that oh snap okay i forgot to mention that <laughs> okay yeah, yeah yeah and so like what lesson does the protagonist learn i guess just that if you want to be one of these people you have to make sacrifices that include others yeah exactly like interesting yeah he thinks that like if only he had the power other people have he could make a difference but what he learns by the time it's too late is that the temptation of that much power is too much Oh man, that's good. And stuff. you know, in the words of Kanye, ain't one man should have all that power. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch the third episode of that talk. <laughs> it's honestly it's kinda they have a bunch of sessions from one of my favorite Kanye albums, so just that alone it's worth a watch. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna watch that. Nice money yeah. cannon. It's honestly it's a little bit inspired. I've been reading a lot about crypto and people think it's gonna be so revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. But really, it's kind of shaping out to be a similar system to normal money. Yeah. It's just a few people that got in early. Early enough. And yeah. now they're like the Rockefellers. Are being successful. But everyone else, it's still people who already have money just getting richer and poor people getting screwed over. Well, yeah, and the, the NFT thing is like, okay, yeah, you got in. But now, in order for you to make money, some idiot exactly. has to pay a million dollars for your picture. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even make any money. Yeah. I guess I should have led with, yeah, this is basically just satire of state crypto. of crypto. <laughs> I think that's a solid selling point, actually. Yeah. yeah. Money cannon. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. I don't really have anything else. I, I really like the story. I mean, obviously, like, just nailing those story beats like uh nailing down when you want more action scenes where that car scene goes yeah yeah totally like if if i could spend more time on it i would want to populate the world with a few like distinct personalities particularly on the side of like people that lived in the poor neighborhood that willie came from and like what they're like before versus once the world has descended into chaos and now everyone's like wearing mad max makeup and whatever oh yeah and and that like that uh i guess army yeah that little army of poor people that are Uh trying to fight to get some of that money like the the wacky characters that could be in that could be a really big part of that yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I also like I very much picture like the the cinematography of it like being shot like a disaster movie. Yeah. As like, you know, the money is almost like a tornado or a hurricane like descending on the town. Oh man, yeah. See, when you were explaining it, I was picturing it almost like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. A little bit, yeah. That's how I was kind of picturing yeah. it. But with the disaster movie, kind of like a darker look. Yeah. I mean, cloudy is like also based on disaster movies, so it actually yeah, is yeah. a good comparison. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Money can Money can Yeah, I actually dude, I had a blast writing that today. Yeah. Man, that's fun. Also, man, we need we need another good like skater movie. Yeah. I guess mid nineties was kind of a skateboard thing, but man, mm. that uh, like that whole like time period as far as like fashion and culture is like kind of coming back. So I yeah. feel like the first person to make a skateboard movie like nowadays, like they're ahead of a wave. I yeah, think. for sure. I do I watched a documentary recently on YouTube, like a YouTube doc yeah. about Rob Deerdick's rise uh-huh. in in to become like a business mogul. Yeah. And I was like, yo, skateboard culture is so cool. And I feel like uh, it's so different now. Yeah. I remember like being in middle school and just like having skating magazines and like watching yeah. skate videos on YouTube and be like, uh-huh. oh my gosh. I was never a very good skateboarder though. Yeah. Maybe I'm Jack Jack. Yeah. yeah. I've never even tried to skateboard. So um my thing now like it feels like the kind of thing I would really love to do now. Mm-hmm. But my thought process is I can't afford to get hurt. Yeah. You know, like, I'm an adult now. Uh-huh. The, like, uh, a little bit of insight, listeners, on me is, uh, so it's like, I've been given, a, like, a few opportunities to, like, wrestle more. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we want you to come back and wrestle, like, once a month, maybe. And, uh, and in the back of my head, I'm like, but if I get hurt, like, what if yeah. I have, like, an audition or, or I, yeah. I book something and now I'm, I got an arm in a cast. Uh-huh. And it's like, ah. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, really strong picture. I like it. Uh, it really captures just like the love for skateboarding, yeah. And like you know how that can be complicated when like you love a thing but you aren't necessarily very good at it, but like you want to be and yeah, yeah. I like Which I feel like everybody can kind of relate to. Yeah. Like at some point in your life, you wanted to be something that you couldn't be. Yeah. I wanted to be a, a singer. Yeah, <laughs> when I was and it's a also kid. like not everything you love doing has to become like a career exactly. or a job either. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for us. I mean, yeah. Ours for, has to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I ha- I have hobbies that aren't screenwriting or. Dude, you do have hobbies. Yeah. I I need hobbies. I think I think my thing is I am kind of one of these people that tries to monetize every hobby, but I don't consider it a bad thing because every time like a hobby transitions into a job, I just get to like find another hobby. Yeah, that is because like a currently good like my hobby is kind of like music and beat making, but I'm doing that more for like like my work too. But yeah. As soon as like that takes over and makes me money, I might try something Let's else. Try something. Like, Yo, yeah. maybe I'll get into painting. Yeah. I did think about that today. Uh-huh. I thought about getting into painting. Yeah. I was watching. I know we, we should probably wrap up this podcast, but <laughs> uh, we don't get to talk much on this podcast. No. Yeah, we usually have, always have a task. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't do much of an intro, so I feel like this is like our. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll do a good outro yeah. before we get to the minute pitches, uh-huh. which yeah. I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I watched another YouTube doc about the lost art of Dr. Seuss. Okay. I was like, yo, just oh. like these beautiful paintings. Oh, wait, is this about his not cartoon stuff? Because I've seen some of his uh, like serious paintings. Yeah, before. they're called the Midnight Works or yeah. something like that. And they're just yeah. these beautiful paintings that are kind of the same style, uh-huh. but just different and like yeah. very beautiful. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So now, listeners like, should look these up. If... Yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll try to put some pictures on the Instagram. Um, yeah, and I was just art is so cool. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you guys are ready to hear our minute pitches and make sure you go on the Instagram at written by pod and vote for who you think is your favorite. Uh, remember at the end of the season, the winner with the most uh, pitches voted for gets a thing that we haven't decided yet. And also next week, we're going to be pulling from the bowl. So if you'd like to add a topic to put in the bowl, make sure you email us at written or written written by podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, big thanks to uh, all the children who submitted their <laughs> movie ideas to this Twitter thread, particularly Ravi and Jack. Jack, Jack. Who we drew from. And uh, that's a at George Poynton underscore. We'll post the whole thread on our Instagram. Yes, we will. All right, guys. I hope you like the pitches. Pitch, please. <laughs> I wrote a movie based on this six-year-old's tweet. This movie follows Jack-Jack, a young high school skateboard kid who's not very good at skateboarding, so he tries to get involved in the community by being a skate videographer. He gets a big opportunity with the local skate legend, Big Air, and uh, blows it. He blows the big trick, doesn't get it on camera, and so Big Air has to do the trick again, but he ends up dying during it. So Jack-Jack Gannon gets ostracized from the community. He gets really depressed and lonely because he no longer has the skate community that he loves so much. Uh, but then he finds a magic skateboard that allows him to become the greatest skateboarder to ever live. There's a giant skate competition hosted by Thrasher as a memorial for Big Air. And uh, he ends up winning all of it. Uh, much to the detriment of the memory of Big Air, what the event was supposed to be about. He learns a lesson that it's not about winning and it's not about being good at something. It's about the community that something provides to you. And that is what my movie's about. I'm pitching a movie based on this six-year-old's idea. This is the story of Money Cannon. A crazed trillionaire on the verge of death launches his entire fortune in the air and it descends upon a small town. Our main character, Willie, who does not have a lot of money, happens to be in an elevated position at the right time. He manages to book it out of the town with an entire truckload of money before it really hits the whole town. So he's watching footage from out of state as the entire town descends into chaos trying to get all this money, but he's got an entire fortune safe locked away in a parking lot. Anyway, he decides to venture back into town using his new resources to rescue his close friends and family. Now he thinks he's going to use his fortune to change this entire town for good, but what ends up happening, this is a story about how money corrupts and the temptation for more money and power leads him to betray all the ideals he once stood for. And those are our two pitches for this week. And now we bring it to you, the listener, to decide who had the better pitch. It is time for y'all to vote for your favorite. If you don't know how to vote, if you haven't done that before, stay tuned for the outro. And it's time for the update on a short film we're doing. Written by, written by, written by. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are talking over over the internet this week. It's been so yeah, long since we've done this. Yeah, uh, if you're listening to the quality of the podcast right now and you're like, hey, this isn't up to our standards, uh, we're sorry. We're, we're, we had to regress for just this update. The rest of the episode is in the studio, but we did want to update you on uh, the Double Date short film. Yeah, so... Last time we talked, we had a rehearsal date coming up, and that that rehearsal has happened, and it was a whole yeah. lot of fun. It's got us really energized to, to do this short, and we really feel like, yeah, just like seeing actual performers perform the words, it really looks like it's, it's going to be something cool. Yeah, I like it, I got to a point where during the rehearsal where I was like, oh yeah, I we wrote this. I got so yeah, it, into like the the actual performing of it is like I almost forgot like this was written by us. That's always the trippiest thing is when something that like you wrote alone like at your desk or like at a coffee <laughs> shop somewhere like actual like other people are saying the things. Yeah, so yeah. super trippy. And it, I don't think it's something that we've well, I mean, you've probably experienced it, but like me and you together have experienced because everything we've done so far is typically just me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So from your perspective, what what was that rehearsal like for you? It was a ton of fun. I, I embarrassed myself and, and made a fool of myself uh, for the whole time. And it was really good and really fun. And <laughs> I think, I think that's what's going to make this short great, is I feel like <laughs> every actor just gets to do something crazy at some point. Yeah, I went into it with the mindset of like, don't worry about looking cool. Uh, uh -huh. And don't worry about, you know, because everybody wants to look nice when they're on camera. 
uh but i really went in with the mindset of just like it's okay if i look like an idiot because this guy is an idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean from my perspective of it i definitely feel like we have a great cast like th this was my first time meeting meeting one of the people i hadn't met her before and yeah Kara, she really, Kara. yeah she yeah I, I guess we could talk about who's in the cast now yeah, we, we haven't yeah. said any names before yeah yeah so though so we got this girl Kara that chase used to perform with she's playing joy again you could you can yeah. listen to episode two of the podcast to hear who these characters are and she really <laughs> she fit the character so well and it was I feel I feel like since I haven't met her and I only talked to her a little bit, I feel like I haven't really like met Kara. I've just met Joy because she just slides <laughs> into that so well. Yeah, man. Um, we have Kara and then uh, we had a Abby Gilbert who was a guest on Written By a, a few weeks ago. She's in just it. last week, yeah. Yeah, just last week, and um, so you guys can look forward to that. We're still struggling to to fill that uh, that other spot, but we'll yeah. talk about that, I guess, another time after we've figured it out. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really had time to figure out the the reason we're recording over over Zoom or whatever is. I just had a brutal week of like three or four fourteen hour days, and Chase was traveling. Yeah, Shama. yeah. yeah. But yeah, like watching the footage, I already talked about Kara. Uh, it's really apparent to me, like how how good of like an instinct Abby has when it comes to performance. Because like I've directed her before, but I've never edited anything she's in, and she really like you could tell when she's like living in the space and like making some choices and even sometimes when I call cut, but if she's like still in the moment, she'll like let it you know breathe for just like an extra second or two and like that stuff really helps in the edit and then yeah, there was one one part one shot from the rehearsal where i was like oh man she just nailed it like that was that was exactly what we were looking for yeah and then you just have some of the funniest line <laughs> reads out of anyone <laughs> like i said i i made a fool of myself the whole time uh, <laughs> yeah. and i know it, it probably feels really awkward but it, it really is going to translate well on camera and probably going to be a favorite character i hope so that was because i mean uh when me and robert were writing single with fangs uh, one thing that I said is I was like, I want to play a character. And then we ended up going a different way with it to where it's like, I was more so, you know, playing a regular person. But this time I really get to, or my goal is to really show what I'm capable of. Uh, and that is being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I haven't had much time to edit that footage. I'm working on it. Hopefully like early, early next week, I'll send a cutout to people. But yeah, from what I have done on it, we definitely have a great cast, and I feel like the, you know, the shot list and everything is going to translate really well. Cutting all these things, it really helps to like cut everything before you actually shoot the film, because then you kind of know, okay, we could use an extra shot here, or we could take away this shot to save some time, and change an angle slightly or whatever, just to make it a little bit better, make sure we capture all the action. So it really... It takes me a while to cut these, but like it, it's just so helpful. It, it really helps take the, the stress off of you uh, the day of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And once the film is out, we'll we'll also put out, you know, this this rehearsal cut. It is a little weird because we have one character that's just not there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you'll see uh, you'll see me playing the part or you'll see Kara playing the part or, or even Abby. Uh so we all work together to to be Craig. <laughs> yeah. And I guess yeah, the the only other updates we got is we're still looking to shoot about a month from now. Uh we yeah. still don't have one actor cast. We still need to find that. But we did we have a smaller role and we managed to get that cast and I'm really excited about this casting choice cuz this dude not only is he an actor but he's also like another director that i've worked with before and, really and just just a brilliant comedian comedic yeah. actor just yeah, yeah we're, we're super excited for, for that and we'll we'll announce that soon yeah i, I think that's it can you think yeah, about so, else? no that's it i hope you guys enjoy the episode this one's one of my favorites 
And that does it for this week's episode. And now it is time to vote for which rival pitch you thought was the best. This is the whole point of rival pitches. It's a rivalry. Who had the better pitch? Was it mine? Was it Chase's? You're going with money cannon. You're going with skateboard wheels. Let us know how you're going to vote. Is you're going to go hop on over to our Instagram. <laughs> let, me, let me try that again. I don't know what just happened there. You're going you're gonna to hop on over to our Instagram. Uh, you're going to go to the post that we posted today, Monday, May 23rd. It has the same graphic as what you see in your podcast player for this episode. You're going to leave a comment under that post for which one you like the best our last rival pitch was the crash bandicoot episodes which honestly that that was one of my favorite episodes love both the pitches on that the winner from that episode was me but even though i won as far as votes go uh chase's one minute reel has really taken off so you know who's to say who's the real winner but also just another huge shout out to george poynton at George Poynton underscore on Twitter for the amazing Twitter thread that inspired this episode. Again, we're going to be posting all of those tweets on our Instagram so you could see what all the six-year-old's ideas were because, man, there's just a lot of really funny stuff. But also, if you want to give the man himself a follow, be sure to do that. Seems like a cool dude. Our Instagram is at writtenbypod. That's where you can find us. That's where you can vote for rival pitches. That's where we post cool screenwriting memes and reels and everything. Also, our email. That's writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. We've been getting a lot of really good emails, y'all. And a lot of stuff is going into the bowl that I'm really excited about pulling one day. So keep on sending those suggestions. Also, suggestions for the rival pitch episodes. We've gotten a few of those. Those are always welcome as well. All that at writtenbypodcast.gmail.com. I'm Robert. Chase is the co-host. We'll see you next week with a From the Bowl episode.